So I think it's probably universal for all of us that at some point in our lives, we've had to work for a living. And maybe that's not been true for you. Maybe, you know, you were given a large sum of money and you've never had to work. But for the rest of us, we have this horrible thing that happens that if you don't work, you don't eat. Well, at least it should be, right? That's scriptural. Um, but let's just be honest. We, we haven't had a whole lot of great examples because let's go back in time. When I was growing up, we used to stay up late and watch Nick at Night. This is where they used to show shows that my parents got to see as kids, that we got to see as kids and laugh about because they did things that are totally out of date. Now that's my kids watching shows that we watched. And they go, oh, who would do that? Why didn't they just call on their cell phone? And you go, okay. Um, but for me, it was Leave it to Beaver. Y'all remember Leave it to Beaver? The beaver would show up at the house. Wally would be there. They would work out their, their issues together. And then Ward would come home. The wife would be there. She would greet him at the door. Ward would hang up his hat and his outer coat, no matter what the weather. He'd hang it up, and he'd go into the living room and sit down, and Beaver would come in, and he'd say, Dad, this is what happened at school today. And Ward was always ready for Beave or for Wally to share their issues right when he walked in the door. For those of y'all that are parents, you realize, not true. It's where it was completely unrealistic. Because Ward just came home from work. And work is bad. You know how we know work is bad? They say at noon on Sundays is the number one time for depression. You know why? That's when it dawns on you that Monday you have to go to work. But thank God, we have Memorial Day. Some of y'all are already saying, but I don't have to go to work tomorrow. Instead, I'm going to stay at home. I'm, I'm just going to stay in PJs all day. And even if I have to go outside and grill, I'm grilling in PJs. <laughs> going to go check the mail in PJs. Now, I want to go back to Leave it to Beaver for a second. If Ward had to go check the mail, and he was in his PJs, he had on PJs, which were full-length button-up, and then he would put on his gown upon him. Because you couldn't walk out in your PJs. Right? Like, the world has changed. So now when you come home, and Wally and Beaver are there, and, and you see them... And they go, Dad, you go, ah! ha, ha, give me a minute. I've got to let work ooze off of me. Did you tell your mom? Yeah, we talked to mom. She said to talk to you. Ah! Mom didn't greet you at the door, did she? You acted like you hung up a hat that you didn't have. You walk in the living room and you sit down and what do you hear? What are you doing? Come help. You go, oh, I just came home from work. I'm so tired. I... You go in there and you go, what? Heard a story of a man that went to work having a bad day. So he's the boss and he yells at his employee, just rips him to pieces. He goes home and he yells at his wife, rips her to pieces. She yells at her 10-year-old kid, rips him to pieces. He goes outside and kicks his dog. 
Boss comes to the door to apologize. Dog bites the boss. Here's the problem with work. It was never intended to be bad until sin entered the scene. Remember, it's a curse. Work is a curse. You may be going, let me just tell you, if I told you about my workplace, it would be a curse. But I, I got to tell you, that is, it's been since the very beginning in the garden. Remember Adam and Eve, they sin and God sees them and he tells them, you're going to have to work the rest of your life off of the land. You're going to toil and stress. From that day on, work became work. Before then, it was joy. You imagine if you got up every Monday to joy. Just every, every morning, especially Monday morning, alarm clock goes off, beep, beep, beep. And you went, yes, it's Monday. Woo! You got up and just skipped your way all the way into the kitchen, made yourself some food. Talk to your family. What's up, family? You know where I'm going? Work. You just walked on into work. Your boss is there. You go, what's up, bossy boss? I love work. And he's like, wow. And we need to test that person for some mental illness. That's not right. That's, you're at work. And you just, yeah, and you went to work with a smile on your face. People walked in and said, we have a problem. And you went, yes, yes, problem solver right here. And they were like, oh, okay, can you fix this? Yes, I can. Thanks for coming to me. Because you know why? I love to work. They'd be like, okay, I'm never taking anything to them again. And then the next day, you show up on Tuesday, and you walked in, and they're like, oh, it's Tuesday. You went, you know what today is? Tuesday. Work day. Everybody's like, I hate this guy. Wednesday shows up. You become the camel. You know what day it is? Hump day, right? You, you're just enjoying it. Thursday shows up. Thursday, you're like, one more day of work. Woo, Friday's coming. Everybody else is like, yeah, Friday's coming. Friday, everybody else shows up as happy as you do, right? Because you know what they're saying? This is the last day of work. And you're like, oh, you walk in on Friday. Oh, man, the weekend's coming. We don't get to work tomorrow, y'all. Aren't y'all sad? They'd be like, we dislike you completely. But this is exactly what a Christian should look like. You know why? You and I get to work. Woo! And you're like, okay, listen, our pastor has lost it, y'all. We're going to need to go to a different church. Uh this is what the calling of a Christian should be in the workplace. A Christian should show up with anticipation. And here's why. If you knew that you were going to work tomorrow and Matthew McConaughey was going to show up. You know, you, you're sitting behind the counter at Dairy Queen and you're making blizzards and all you hear is, all right, all right, all right. You're like, oh, I love my job. But if you knew he was going to be there, you'd show up a little bit happier, wouldn't you? I mean, even if, even if you're a sanitation person, if you pick up trash and there's Matthew McConaughey standing next to the trash can, just like this, hey, man, what's up? Doing that weird finger thing on the commercial, what's going on? You'd be like, this is all right, man. What's up, Matthew McConaughey? Just eh, lifting the trash can, dropping it back, you know, what's up? 
It would change your outlook. But here's the thing. Scripture says someone shows up at your workplace every day, and it's better than that guy. So let's talk about that. We started in Ephesians chapter 5 talking about that our very attitude should look like Jesus. That in everything we do, we have to set ourselves up as being an imitator of Christ in every area of our lives. So after that first week, we talked about relationships between men and women, husband and wives, and how that's at odds. I mean, I I was just reading an article about uh, divorces and how much they cost in America and how much it's cost the most wealthy among us. Uh, It's unreal the amount of hurt that we put into bad relationships. And we even make them worse by marrying that bad relationship. Then we make it worse by divorcing that bad relationship. And then we make it even worse we, we put it on TV, and that's even worse. Don't do that. But we talked about why that battle's there. It's a, it's a curse. Remember, man and woman would always be at enmity with one another. And then we talked about our children and that we should be raising up the next generation to be a powerful force for Christ and that we hold the tools of either leading them towards victory or defeat. And today we're going to talk about your workplace, what your Monday should look like. Because whether you believe it or not, Monday is coming. It's knocking on the door. And some of you are like, now we dislike you, Pastor, right? You leave Monday alone. We're in Sunday. There's still hours. I can promise you Monday's coming. And Monday is so funny because Monday should never be feared as a Christian. They should be celebrated. Here's why. You've taken all Sunday to refuel your faith. Monday should be the launch point of your obedience to Christ. It should be an absolute stock that you run out of. It's time to go. Remember, that's our theme this year, is that we go, and Mondays are the go point. So Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5, it says this, Slaves, obey your human masters with fear and trembling and sincerity of your heart as to Christ. Do not work only while being watched in order to please men, but as slaves of Christ, do God's will from your heart. Serve with a good attitude as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good each one does, slave or free, he will receive this back from the Lord. As masters, treat your slaves the same way without threatening them, because you know that both their masters and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. So let's just talk for a second. Let's, let's deal with two key subjects today. And here's the first. There are three keys to being a better employee. Three keys. You ready? Number one, show reverence for those in positions above you. We get it right from the text. Slaves, obey your human masters with fear and trembling. We are to show reverence to those above us, even when they don't deserve it. This is a hard point because some of you have had some bosses that were, frankly, not good people. They they were harsh. They were shrewd. They were rude. Who knows what they were? Cold-hearted, mean-spirited. Whatever they are, you've been around them. I have too. I had a boss when I was in high school. My senior year of high school, I worked at McDonald's. I got the morning shift. I had to be there at 4 a.m. At 4 a.m., At McDonald's is an interesting place to be. Uh, You're brewing coffee. You're cleaning the heads for all of the 
the soft drinks, you're kind of getting the registers ready, you're getting all the juice and milk out so it's ready for the day. And I worked both the front register, so if you walked in, I, I met you there, and the drive-through. Um, so I had a headset on, and I'd greet you at the front, and I'd say, hey, welcome to McDonald's, how can I take your order? And people would go, um, I would like a, um, 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 cause it's early. And in my headset, I, I hear a car pull up and I'm like, oh, please hurry. Um, what is on your sausage biscuit? Uh, that'd be a biscuit and sausage. Oh, does your sausage biscuit egg and cheese have cheese on it? Yeah, yeah, it does. That's very observant of you. How hot is your coffee? I don't know. Just order coffee. I'll tell you what, just put some money on the top here and I'll just get you something. Hey, walk to McDonald's, how can I take your order? You know what I'm saying? That was me every morning. Here's the problem with that. At, at McDonald's at four in the morning, you start cooking a lot of stuff for the day. And so as the day would go on, I began to smell like McDonald's. What I, I didn't tell you is this. I still had to go to school. Had to be there at 8. So from 4 to about 7.40, I worked at McDonald's. And I would look at my manager and say, I've got to go. And they would roll their eyes and say, fine. And I would check out and I would sometimes be able to run by the house and take like one of those two-minute quick showers where you just throw soap in the air, turn on the water, and spin in a circle. But most days I didn't have that opportunity. It was just changing your shirt and heading into school. So a lot of mornings I smelled like a sausage biscuit when I went to my first class, which was economics. So I'd, I'd roll into economics and I'd sit down. And, and that first year I sat right between the valedictorian of our class and the prom queen. And I sat down that first day and I leaned back. Because when you smell like McDonald's, you don't realize you smell like McDonald's. And I just leaned back, and all of a sudden I could hear, <laughs> and I was like, it's not me. And, and, and our valedictorian turned towards me, and she goes, you smell like breakfast. And I looked at her and went, hmm, you don't want me to tell you what you smell like. Uh, <laughs> so I just looked forward. I didn't, pay, I didn't I just didn't pay any attention. This happened most of the year to one of my buddies behind me finally said, do you know you smell like a sausage biscuit every morning? And then it dawned on me, there's worse things to smell like. But I didn't want to smell like a sausage biscuit. So then I began to carry with me some spray. So I would leave McDonald's and if I didn't have time to take a shower, I would stand out in the parking lot. I would park my Cadillac El Dorado brown edition, um, outside, I would open the door that was like a thousand pounds with my foot like that, because that's the only way you could open the door, and then I'd spray myself down, throw it in the car, and slam it like it was a grenade, and run into school. And then I got this comment from the valedictorian, you sprayed too much on you. <laughs> and I would look at her and go, I got my, I got justice though, by the way. At our graduation, it rained. We were outside. And as the rain was coming across the field, she was giving her speech. And it hit us, and the microphone cut out. And she reached up to grab it. Um, as she was doing this, and I'm not even joking, it's like slow motion. I was like, oh, please. 
And, and our principal goes, no. And she goes, what? And he goes, that's electric. She goes, oh, that's our valedictorian. Um, <laughs> I, listen, whether you know it or not, the people at your work know you've been around Jesus. Even if he's not your Lord and Savior, they know you were here today. Because you can't help it. When you get around Jesus, he sticks to you. He may not be in your heart, but I promise you he'll be all over you. And they know it. Because he's changing all of us. And so because of that, when you show up tomorrow, to be a good employee, you need to act as though your boss, even though they may be the worst, you need to act as though Jesus is really your boss. And show them the reverence you would give him in that office. The next is this. Not only do you need to show reverence, but you need to be focused and sincere in your position. Listen to what it says. Slaves, obey your masters with fear and trembling in the sincerity of your heart as to Christ. We're to be sincere and focused when we show up to work. We're to do our work at an excellence level. You're to be the best employee they've got. And you need to work as though you were that But here's the third. Even if they aren't worthy in your eyes, work like you're working for Jesus. So when you show up tomorrow, you may have an employee name on your shirt. You may have a business card in your pocket. I can promise you this. Tomorrow when you show up to work, there's going to be a thought on your head. You ready for it? I work for Jesus. So I want you to try it with me. I work for Jesus. I want you to repeat it. Ready? One, two, three. I work for Jesus. I want to try it one more time. Ready? One, two, three. I work for Jesus. Here's the other thing about that. He offers no retirement plans. Heaven is it. So unless you're there, you're still gainfully employed. Now, here's the other thing. His pay is incredible. It's just not going to be in your pocket today. It's just being stored up. You see, Jesus is in the saving business. He saves your heart, and then he stores up for you futures. Problem is, he knows you're a squanderer, so am I. We will either become hoarders and hoard things that don't matter, or we'll become spenders that spend what we don't have. So Jesus stores up for us in heaven the things that matter. So when you show up to work tomorrow, you're going to say, I work for Jesus. And maybe you need to say it before you enter the door so it changes your Monday because I know what's going to happen tomorrow. Beep, beep, beep. You're going to put your clothes on. You're going to walk up to the door of your place and you're going to do this. Do we have to have Mondays, Lord? Door's going to open. You're going to walk in and somebody's going to say, what's up, man? You're going to go. You're going to sit down. First, first person going to walk up for service. They're going to say, hey, how are you doing today? And you're going to say, <sighs> welcome to Dairy Queen. What would you like? <sighs> you ever seen that person? I know you've seen that person. You got to order something from them and you go, or maybe they're your waiter at lunch today. Get ready for this one. They give you your menus like this. Do y'all have to drink something? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Okay, what are you drinking? 
What are you drinking? What are you drinking? What are you drinking? It's all over there. Go ahead and help yourself. Okay, what's the special? What's the special? There is no special. Just read the menu, right? And they walk away. They bring back your drinks. They're all wrong. This is going to happen. Somebody in this room, this is going to happen to you. You ready? They're going to set their drinks down. I say, what do you want to order? You're going to say something like this. I would like this meal, but I don't like onions. Can you take onions off? And they're going to go, okay. They're not going to write it down. You know this person, right? Everybody in your thing's going to order. Meal's going to come out. What's going to be on your plate? Extra onions. <laughs> and they're going to set it there, and you're going to do what? You're going to feed their Mondays. You just are, because that's what we do. You're going to go like this. Well, I wanted no onions. And they're going to go, Okay. Because Sunday is somebody's Monday. And somebody woke up today and they had to go to work. And their kids were crying. They were behind on their bills. They showed up to work five minutes late and were already chewed out. And then we're going to show up. People dressed in our Sunday best. Walking in, singing that song we heard Grant and the team sing. We're going to sit down and they're going to walk up and we're going to go, Huff one more time. See what happens to your tip. And you know what they're going to say? I hope you have a terrible Monday. Everybody's an employee somewhere. Everybody. And it's always somebody's Monday. That's why we've got to get this right in our hearts. You have to evaluate your work ethic in terms of return on investment. Look at it. Evaluate your work ethic in terms of a return on investment. Serve the Lord, verse 7, with a good attitude as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing, verse 8, that whatever good each one does, slave or free, he will receive re, uh, back from the Lord. Whether good or bad, he'll receive back from the because the Lord is your boss. Your paycheck is something that gets you through this side of heaven. And believe me, while life may seem long, this side of heaven, it is a snap of a finger. That side of heaven is an eternity that we can't even put into our minds. Let me just walk you back for a second. Those of y'all that were with us at ICR, we heard that the earth isn't millions of years old like we've heard, thousands but let's just say scientists were right and the earth is millions of years old. Eternity makes that small still. Capture this. What you do for your employment is short compared to your relationship with Jesus for eternity. Our attitude needs to be that Jesus is our boss. So it doesn't matter who our earthly boss is. Because they're just not as big as Jesus. And Jesus wants our Mondays to be good. Because today is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So your Monday is the day the Lord has made. And your job is to rejoice and be glad in it. Which means your Tuesdays are the day the 
Lord has made. Do you catch it yet? There are no Mondays in God's schedule. He doesn't have Sunday blues. You know why? Because he wakes up on Monday with you. So wake up and show up like Jesus is going to be there. So your Mondays can change like that. But here's the next. We've already talked about how to be a good employee, but some of y'all are employers. Some of y'all are the bosses. So Scripture talks about this. So let's just talk about keys to being a better employer. What would it look like if employers begin to act like Scripture called? Verse 9, let's read it together. And masters, treat your slaves the same way, without threatening them, because you know that both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. Number one, make sure that no matter the position, everyone has equal treatment. If you're an employer, it means this. Your right-hand man and your last on the rung should be loved by you. You should show up for them. You should know their name. They should know that Mondays can be made better because their employee works for the same Jesus. So you need to show up with better Mondays. You know, it's really funny that when the leader of any organization brings energy to the table, everyone catches it. But when the, the lead of an organization takes from the table all the energy that's there, it dies. So you carry a huge weight, employers. You in lead positions need to show up with Jesus as your focus. Here's the next. Don't give threats. Set standards. Don't give threats. Set standards. Your employees don't need to hear, if you don't, I will blank. What they need to hear is this. You know what could happen if we all play our part? This. I went to work. Uh, April and I, when we got married, decided to move to Fort Worth for seminary. And so we started looking for jobs, and, and I found a job at an auto loan place, a, a part of Ford Motor Credit. I went to work there, and Man, I started in sales, and one day I was, I was there, and the big boss came, and he came to my cubicle, and he said, I need you to come with me. And I was like, oh, no. Brought me to his office. You know, it was one of these hip startups, you know. We walked past the foosball table into his glass office. He sat down, and he goes, is this what you want to do for the rest of your life? And I was like, hang out with CEOs? Yep, uh-huh. Yeah, this is it. So nailed it. Uh, I said, no. He goes, what do you want to do? I said, I'm going to be in ministry. That's what God's calling me to do. He goes, that's awesome. What about until then? Do you just want to stay in sales at our company? And I said, I enjoy it. I'm good at it. He goes, oh, you're great at it. He said, but how about this? How about over the next two months, I move you to fulfillment? And then in about three more months, I'll move you into credit acceptance. That was the top of the pinnacle. You know, only people in that area were people with, like, math degrees. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, I, these people know stuff I don't even get. He said, we'll train you. But I need you to really dive in and learn. And I said, great. So one day, I, he, there was a box sitting on my chair, and it said, go to cubicle blank. So I put my stuff in my box, and I started to walk away. And all my salespeople were like, oh, arms of the angels, right? And I just, I walked over to the new cube and I sat down and I was like, hey, what's up y'all? And they're like, who are you? I was like, oh, I'm Kyle. I'm taking over this place, you know? 
sat down, I started my fulfillment papers, and I loved it. I mean, I was just digging in, having a good time, and then I get a call. And this call goes like this. My new manager says, I need you to come to my office. So I was like, great. Sat down in her office. She goes, we're going to have to let you go. And I went, what? I said, I just talked to the CEO. Like, things are great. You know, I'm doing good. She goes, well, we're, we're minimizing this department. And I was like, okay. So next week's going to be your last day. And I was like, okay. Well, the CEO's out for like two months. I was like, oh, no. So I finished that. I remember leaving my office and, and not knowing how to tell April I didn't have this job. I went home, and she's calling all day, and I'm not answering at all. Like, I, I'm at home. I don't know if you've ever been here where you lose a job and you don't know how to tell your spouse. I'm like, what's going to happen next? I was in tears. I, finally, April comes home, and she comes home with a card and candy. I was like, oh, man, did I forget our anniversary? What's? She goes, man, I, I knew something was off. You didn't answer your phone. I didn't know what it was, but I just wanted to tell you I love you. A few weeks later, Chris called, CEO. What happened? I said, you tell me. He goes, oh. He said, we did some new hires. Turns out they came from an old business, and the manager that I had wanted to hire a few of her friends, and she had to take off the people that were low on the totem pole, and that was me. I'll never forget that moment. He said, so what's next? And I said, well, I'm going to go find, you know, I've got another job lined up. I'm working at this place. It's great. And he said, well, let me just tell you this. It's not a day that goes by that I don't miss seeing your face around here because I notice faces. You know, this guy, Chris, he, he had like 400 employees. And, I mean, rarely did I really see this guy, but he knew my face. Because he's an employer that showed up for his employees. And if you're an employer, you can show people Jesus every day by you showing up the right way. It's your job. Your job in faith is to show up for others around you. The next, remember that you're an employee of the Lord. Because we're all work for Jesus. We all work for Jesus. We all work for Jesus. From the very beginning of the sermon series in Ephesians 5, we get this. That we need to imitate Jesus with all we can do. Because none of our other relationships work without it. And so you can't be a good employee. You can't be a good employer. You can't be a good leader of your family. You can't be a good spouse. You can't even be a good human without Jesus because it's not the way you're intended to be. You were created in God's image to imitate Jesus. And so if you don't know Jesus today, I want to invite you to do that. I'll be down here in a minute. Dale, John, I'll have some friends in the back as always. If you don't want to come talk to us, you can go find one of them. Be able to pray with you. But can I just invite you into doing something Maybe a little different. We pray for a lot of things in our lives. I hope you do at least. I mean, we pray for our aunts that have a sickness. We, we pray for moments that don't seem right, that are off. But maybe today you would come and pray for your workplaces. Pray for your bosses. Pray for your heart as an employee. Pray for your Monday. And maybe perhaps you would prepare your heart 
for about 10, 15 minutes from now when you'll be entering a restaurant around town somewhere and entering someone else's Monday, that you would show them Jesus as well. Because listen, time is so short. Let's really imitate Jesus starting now. If you don't know him, you can't act like him. So today is your day to know him. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, I pray, Lord, as we talked about being an employee, God, that you would remind us, Lord, that none of this is possible without you. Lord, especially in times where people don't act like you, but we're supposed to, God. It's difficult. But, God, it's not, it's not something that we can't do. Lord, with you as our guide, with you as the leader of our lives, we are more than conquerors. Which means there is no Monday ever brought before man that should take down a Christian. May we be people that show up in our Mondays looking like Jesus. So, Lord, as we pray for our places of work today, as we pray for our employers, our bosses, our coworkers, God, may you speak over us exactly what we need to pray for. Lord, would you lead this time and guide us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.